Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Jessica Butcher, queen of fantasy. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! I hate it when they say on the cover that you won't see the end coming, because it means I probably will. So don't read it. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't ask for it for you anyways. That's why I asked Megan if she wanted to read it. Are we going to start off with a tone? And I sent her a synopsis. And and I said, said, hell yes. There's definitely a tone going on here. You're the one who started it. Listen, I brought you pastries. Okay, I'm Which 30 I'm, minutes late. I'm but gracefully still. eating away from the microphone right I now. Say. I love these chocolate <laughs> I have mice. A feeling, I have a feeling the pastries were not just for me. That's probably true. <laughs> I bought the pastries the because mice. I know that you... Yeah. Mm-hmm. From La Baguette. Yes, yes, girl. Those are the ones we have at the bookstore. And I love them. They're really good. I've eaten half of him already in the past, like three He's, minutes they're so sweet though Ooh, i don't so even care sweet. they're so good i got me some macaroons macaroons, macaroons. because macaroons, macaroons are, are exquisite don't start don't start on me do we need to adjust some cables no. martha you okay over there i've been so bored lately and since i can't leave my house i know in order to entertain myself, I've started playing video games again. And it makes you aggressive? Yes, it makes me angry because I've been trying to kill these vampires all morning, and mm. I can't kill them. And now I'm a vampire, and I know what the fuck I'm supposed to do about that now. So Wait, you're a vampire hunting vampire? Yeah. That's problematic. It That's is problematic. Cannibalism. Yeah. I'm having, an, I, I just, I feel really conflicted right now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know if when I leave the cave... I mean, are you an Edward vampire or are you a vampire vampire? Are you a Volturi vampire? <laughs> uh, well, this is... She's probably a Volturi. She probably is. There's no sparkle in her soul. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Speaking of which, Midnight Sun, they already have it where you can uh, request it to put on hold at the library. Are you like number one on the list? No, I'm 20. There's oh, already shit. 20 people. So, well, it it's okay because I'm not until I'm, August. Yeah. And... I'm going to have an extra copy. It just won't be here till later. Well, that's fine. I yeah. just... I ordered, I ordered a book box because I couldn't. I wanted the swag. But see, now <laughs> the problem is, even though I just read the Twilight books, I'm like, I have to read them again. Yeah, I need to reread Twilight just for the hell of it. But I haven't done it yet. The hell of it or because I want to. Because I, I mean, I had already said I was going to reread Twilight this year and then she announced it. So I was like, well, now I have to. But then I have so many more books that came in that I want to read. Jessica, give me a test. Test, 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 test. Why are you sitting there doing your makeup? You got somewhere, somewhere to be? Well, you know, the Garrett, two- are we holding you up? <laughs> no, just after this is over, Garrett and I are going to do like a little date night thing because he's been working late a lot and then I've been working evenings mm-hmm. a lot. And so gotcha. not a whole lot of time. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, P.S. I just want to point out that I... I'm not the small chested one in this group. It's me and Jessica. It's you and Jessica. I'm sorry. I need to defend I mean, myself. You were, I've never actually checked out your boobs. So when I was trying to think in my head, 
I did not remember. I was I'm texting sorry. them, listening to it, going, um, no, I have a D cup. <laughs> nope, that's me. You and Martha holding it down. It was kind of fun, like, not knowing what was being, like, said and then listening to it. Because <laughs> we were in our hotel room and I was like, guys, guys, they're talking about you guys on the podcast. <laughs> and they were like, my, what? My little baby B cup over here. <laughs> little bitty yeah. B cup. So that's why everyone got Hanson pictures along with our weekly what we reviewed. You all got Hanson tattoo yeah, pictures. Yeah, I saw that. Because everyone, I don't have one for the record because I'm a chicken. Megan wants everyone to know she doesn't have one, which means she does have one. It's just in some place she no, can I, never I, show I, up. I, I, Is it if, high up on your left butt cheek? Yeah, way up there. Uh, Is it no, a coochie tattoo? <laughs> hey, Hanson, kiss this. Uh, no, I don't because I am one of those people that I was, I would always be afraid that I would all of a sudden not want it for some reason. <laughs> um, which is happening to a large number of Hanson fans at the moment because they're a little mad about some stuff. So I know what I, exactly what I would get, but I can't give it away because I don't want anyone else to steal it just in case. But okay. I know exactly what I'd have done if I were going to get a Because it wouldn't scream like Hanson tattoo. Like it would... Okay. So it would it'd, be... It would be subtle. Yeah, it would be like oh. I would know what it was and my close friends would know that it's a Hanson tattoo, but like no one else would be like, oh my God, you have a Hanson tattoo. Hmm. I have a Harry Potter tattoo, so I'm kind of not sure if I should be ashamed of that or not. I don't think no, you should I don't be. Think uh, you should. Alyssa has one too on her um, on her yankle. Yeah, I don't think so. There's a lot of people with Harry Potter tattoos. Yeah, that's that's a fairly common one. Uh-huh. I, you don't have a tattoo, do you, Vani? No, no tattoos. We need to get you one for your uh, for f- what? Are you, you're coming up on 45 here in a minute, aren't you? Um. 46. 46? I'm 45 right now. Well, maybe you need to get one before you turn 46 in the 45th year of your life. Hmm. I don't know what I would get. Hmm. Or maybe you could save it for 50. I just... I mean, I'm not against getting a tattoo. I just... I've tried to look at designs and try to decide what I would even want. And I don't know... What I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if you're going to get a tattoo, it better be something meaningful. I mean, just getting a tattoo to get a tattoo is, is kind of, I don't know. It's just, that's not my thing. I just have the one. If right. I, if, if, if at any point I ever am able, you know, if Dylan has children, I might consider having another one. Grandma, Grandma Rocks. Yeah, something like that, maybe. I thought about having a three book girls tattoo, but then I thought, hmm, I don't know. What happens if we ever change the name for some reason? Well, that's true. Then I don't think be, you would, but yeah, you could always do the bookmark part of the like the girls. But then it's just and, an I. <laughs> no, but like at the bottom, it's like looks like people a like. Bookmark. Why do you have a sash on you? Well, that's, but you could put how like, come you got a banner on your boob <laughs> what's up with that well you could do the little bookmark and then put like a microphone in it or something because then it would be dude there's a penis on your sash <laughs> i'm trying to help here martha I'm trying to give you some inspiration <laughs> dude <laughs> that was where jessica like froze for a second so all of a sudden it was like she was like super fast forward when you moved it was it was like horror movie motion <laughs> you guys do you guys do that on my laptop sometimes too you like freeze and then all of you will move and i'm like whoa what happened yeah <laughs> you're in the matrix either that or it's some really good drugs 
what's in this mouse you brought me? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's another reason why I'm late. <laughs> those uh, those little button eyes, those were acid. No eyes? No, he just has ears. That's because he's a blind mouse. He's one of the you. How many? We did have you bring three, three blind mice. Three blind yes. mice. <laughs> See how they run. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, how many were in the box? <laughs> They're not running. <laughs> he doesn't have any legs left. A little later today, we're going to be recording our two hundredth. So we're going to time travel. Yep. It's going to be wibbly wobbly, timey wimey for the month of July. Yep. Month of July is going to be weird. It is every year though. We time travel every year, but, um, so if something crazy happens between now and when it airs, then you'll know that we didn't know about it. It was recorded (laughs) in flux. In and, I mean, this is 2020. Some, something's bound to happen that's crazy. Yeah. That's very true. You can't rely on a damn thing. Well, you know, I saw on the news this morning that they're having um, problems with locusts, clouds of locusts. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember what country, but yeah. Uh, that would be Argentina, I yes. believe. Yes. Oh, yes. is it? We put Echo and uh, and Chloe in the backyard together. We're going to see if, uh, if anybody see if comes, can... comes away with a bloody... Stump. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did have two ears when I let her out. <laughs> see if they'll see if they'll like each other and get along out there today. I mean, you say that jokingly, but Echo likes ears, so great. I don't know. She's Mike Tyson. My dog is mean. She's <laughs> such a bully. Bonnie has this thing about uh, chocolate phalluses. I'm a little concerned, actually. Um, coming from the one with the chocolate balls over here yeah with the creamy balls yeah you guys are always talking about sausage balls these are the best they're uh i mean those balls are pretty awesome too they're like little cream puffs the one puff pastry yeah the one no they're cream puffs that's not puff pastry it's a different thing rough pastry what's that called cream puff it's a cream puff. Well, I'm trying to think of what they call it, what they make, how they make it. Oh, it was on. It, um, yeah, it's on the, the British, British Baking Show. I can't remember what. Rough they call puff, it. rough puff pastry. Sure. Is that what it's called? I don't, I don't know. I don't watch Great British Baking Challenge. But anyway, I need my baking nerds. They put the little balls on top and they fill that with a chocolate cream, and then the bottom part is like a round eclairish thing. <laughs> made with a cream puff dough and then it's got yummy stuff in the middle so it's like balls it's like a chocolate vagina with balls oh no i was gonna say balls on a wall but creamy bits in the middle jessica aren't you really glad you're not in the room right now i'm just i'm just chilling i'm sitting here thinking about you know how every year when i go to minnesota we do themes right different themes um for for our dinner that we make and we just keep sort of repeating the themes over and over again for different nationalities and whatnot we're, we're doing cajun again this year because ron loves cajun food and he also loves to make hurricanes because he loves it when his siblings are super drunk <laughs> so we're doing that but I kept saying you know we really should take advantage of this really super unique situation and do a quarantine theme well he said that was in bad taste and I'm like dude 
I don't think so. We can't do anything about it. Why? If you if you're not going to laugh, you're going to cry. That's how I look at it anyway. I mean, you could make a really good <laughs> drink for that. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking sort of like tw- if 2020 were a summertime drink, it could be like um, since it's sort of a dumpster fire, we'll make a trash can punch, freeze it, then. Um, Put it in a glass, pour some rum on top, light it on fire. And if the glass doesn't break, then you get to drink it. I think this sounds like a stellar plan. Yeah. Don't you think that sounds, sounds like... Sounds like a dangerous plan. That well, the sounds rum like 2020, burn. though. It's a <laughs> The jump. rum will burn pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you have people who have had one or two drinks and... Line me up another one of them son of a bitches. Exactly. Yes. Then you have drunk people playing with fire, and that it's, never turns out well. Exactly. No. It turns out it amazing. Is a perfect summer drink for 2020. I vote yes. I saw a thing on TikTok, and this reminded me. There were girls like making kind of like a trash can punch, but in like a beach bucket. <laughs> And then they did an after video Aww. of like one like sound asleep in the like bathtub probably because she was sick all night oh. <laughs> yeah but we yeah. always do some kind of you know because we ron has six brothers and sisters and we all we all get together with all the families at this summer resort in minnesota and yes we are still going the cabins have done things a little differently we have to bring all our own bedding this year which is going to be interesting. I mean, that's not terrible, but yeah, it's a I pain mean, in the ass if you're not driving because that just takes yeah, up suitcase space. Yeah, the, yeah. So we're going to have to uh, readjust a few things. Yeah, we, we usually do a lot of those slushy type drink mm-hmm. things because usually we'll get drunk on the beach midday. The day drinking game is very strong in this family. I mean, I feel like all of our day drinking games have upped in the past they six really months. Have. My day drinking game was extremely strong yesterday. I was drunk by the time I got to the Friday night call. I was only on part I of the call, so I think you felt oh, you seemed okay. I'd had a, a little time to mellow out by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> P.S. If you hear us all clearing our throats, it's not because we have the Rona. It's because the like African dust storm has moved into yeah. Oklahoma. So. Bear yeah, with us. The Sierra. The Sierra Sa- does. Sahara. Sahara. Yeah. Sahara. Yeah, the Sierra. Sahara Desert. Sorry, that's a person. <laughs> See, yeah, Sierra yeah. is also a mountain range, but not the... Dylan's, Sahara. Dylan's crazy ex. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you that's hear That's why us, I think of it as a negative. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you hear us clearing our throat, it's because there's a literal... Like, dust storm dust out storm our window. Outside yes. right now. I had to use my inhaler yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's, na- it's not, not, it's not great. Nice. They say people with breathing problems shouldn't go outside. Yeah. Which I, is perfect for the coronavirus. I was going to say, I... Well, no, it's like, oh, do I have a cough because I have the Rona? Or is it because there's dust that literally just traveled 15,000, like however many thousands of miles across an ocean and still got here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad until I was driving in and I couldn't see the Devon Tower. I was like, oh... That's a, there is a lot of dust out there. Like, and the Devon yeah. Tower is like what do you call that? The Orthanc, Saruman's Tower. It is. Yeah, it's it, the tallest. It's, it's a humongous tower in the middle of nothing. Yeah, it's pretty easy it just to spot. Sticks out like a big old erect penis of glass. Valid. And it was disappeared it. into the yeah into the dust storm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Just chalk this up Did to Jumanji. Did you meme about it? No, what was the meme? It was like uh, people are kept, keep saying that there's nothing unusual about this 
Dust, like it happens every year, and this, that, and the other. And then this person put, yeah, but this is 2020 Sahara Dust. It's probably carrying the Sangos thing from the mummy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. It probably is. That'd be your look. Yeah. I mean, what level of Jumanji are we on? Like, who rolled this dice? <laughs> and any second, our, all, our faces are all going to melt off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some crazy thing. It's gonna be the virus be a, from the firemen. We're all gonna be a a, a a rabid a rabid Sahara sand flea within the within the dust cloud. It's probably true. Mm-hmm. I mean, gonna, something bit me last night when I was sleeping, and I don't know what it was. It's that rabid Sahara sand flea. Don't be biting me, man. Don't need no no sand rabies from your ass. I can't bite you. You've been killing vampires all day. You're Don't right. Bite somebody else. You're right. I'm. I'm. But I'm then infected. you'd be a vampire if you bit her, right? Does that work? If you no, bite she'd a, have to bite me. I'd have to bite her. But what if? I feel like there could be something to that, though. Because it, it depends on like the. It depends on the lore. I feel like. Okay. What if like yeah, because like what vampire are you? Yeah. 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 Because if they're like their blood is like part of their venom, if you bite them, but does their there blood turn you? A zombie movie that if they if some if the zombie bit you, you turned into it too. What is that from? That's most every That's zombie like every movie. Zombie movie. Okay, so if somebody is if one person's a vampire and one person's a zombie and they bite each other, do they become zombie vampires? Oh, oh shit! I mean, they're both undead, and Are, it is twenty twenty. I so. want this book. Like that's some, what it would be i just zombie yeah. vampires million million dollar i'm sure somebody's written a book somewhere on it i'm gonna Come google on, Ronnie, you can do it let's get some fan fiction up in this bitch yeah but my vampires would be sparkly and you wouldn't like that they can be sparkly undead zombies vampires sparkly yeah zombies? but the, mm-hmm. it's no fun to have sparkly zombies because you know if they have sex, their penis is going to fall off. Rotting. But does the vampirism yeah. stop the decay of the zombie? Because vampire, like vampire's uh, skin is stone. So if the vampire is stone... <laughs> I wish you could all see Martha's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the aneurysm from rolling my eyes back in my head. I'm going to change the subject. Because just, <laughs> We're going nowhere with this. No. No, no, but I feel like Barca there's... rolled her eyes so hard she probably gave herself a concussion. <laughs> I think <laughs> I did, yes. <sighs> I suppose we could talk about books now. I mean... Now we've talked about everything else under the sun. Shit, that means I have to pick which book I want to review for this episode. Yeah, I got a bunch here, too. I read five books, six books six this week. Shit. I'm reading a super weird book right now I think you'd like. It's called The Princess Beard. Mm. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I would say that that sounds. Is it a beard or like a beard, as in beard. her husband's oh. the beard? No she... no, she has a beard. She gets put under a curse, you know. Oh. And when she when she wakes up, instead of being like the pretty princess who's been asleep for a hundred years, she has like super long fingernails and a beard has grown. Oh, so like when I wake up on a normal morning, I was gonna say that's <laughs> that's what happened to me. I'm really a pretty princess, and then I was cursed. I miss playing that game, Pretty Pretty Princess. All right. I didn't know that was a game. It is. It's a game. <laughs> oh my Used God. to spin the board. You like go. go through the board to get like earrings and your crown and oh your, my your bracelet God. and your necklace. All right. Pretty Pretty Princesses. Let's review some books. All right. Go for it. Okay. Bonnie. Well, speaking of Pretty Pretty Princesses, <laughs> I read a book called Sissy, A Coming of Gender Story by Jacob Tobiah. And this is a debut book. 
and it's basically his autobiography about growing up um, transgender. Oh, awesome. So, and he lives in more of a traditional household, not like, I mean, I know I've done other stories um, on children growing up, you know, feeling like they're in the wrong body or whatever, but he grew up kind of in a traditional household. He's just a little older than what our boys are, are so that kind of gives you a time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this was funny and a little sad and not not super sad just anytime you have somebody who's born into the body that they feel like they don't fit into there's gonna be times that you know it's a little disheartening just because of what they have to go through Mm -hmm. and it talks a lot about how he struggled with people assuming specific things because he's male he's uh, part middle eastern so he talks Mm -hmm. about how which this kind of reminded me a little bit of Tyler, how he went through puberty early. So he was one of the first kids in his school to get like body hair and like chest hair and started shaving really early and everything. And he like perpetually has a five o'clock shadow, which I mean, if you're a cross-dresser, that wouldn't make a difference. That would be problematic. He talks a lot about he was active in the Methodist church when he was younger and how youth group actually helped him a lot up until a point and because he could be gay at church I mean he was in the choir he would be in the plays they were very accepting to him to a point until he wanted to do a a speech and give a talk to other middle school schoolers coming into the church Mm. Then they're like, mm, we'd rather you not make that speech about being transgender. Transgender, And so he kind of lost faith mm. a little bit in the church. I mean, it doesn't really sound like he's super mad about it, but. But it was still formative. Like he felt supported and then that kind of got pulled out right. from underneath his feet a little bit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then he goes to college and he, t- he talks about, you know, college and college is kind of like where he first started like wearing some makeup and like painting his nails and wearing heels more often. He did have a pair of heels before in high school, but he only wore those like alone in his room. Gotcha. So yeah, this, um, I will have to say there are some sexual parts in this, so I probably would not let your child child read this, but it's pretty funny. He's pretty hilarious. He's got like a bright outlook, even though he obviously has been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That sounds so, kind of... Yeah, it was enjoyable, and he's a pretty good writer, and he seems like he's super smart. One of my favorite parts was he talked about when he was uh, 14, he wrote to John Stewart, because at the time, at 14, he was still struggling, and he hadn't come fully out of the closet yet. He had told one person, but he like hadn't told his parents or anything else, and um, there was a John Stewart show where he was like, you know, sticking up for like gay rights and everything. And he just loved that so much that he like wrote a, a letter to John Stewart. Oh, cool. And everything. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I'm going to tell a quick story because something happened this week. I haven't even told you about it. It oh? happened. So I had no idea you were going to review this book this week. My nephew, Corey, um, we all grew up 
in a small town, obviously, he, he had a son and his son, I knew, had come out as gay when he was in junior high. But what I didn't know is that he now identifies as a woman and is living as a woman and is having surgery and the whole thing. But I didn't know any of that because my family sort of has ignored the fact that this is happening. Because they're religious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are they the ones in and, Montana? And so, it, Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. And sorry. so, Corey called me and we had a great conversation and he said, did you know about this? And I said, no, I did not know about this. And he said, you know, he is now a she and her name is Olivia. Oh, I love that yeah. name. That is a good name. So, I mean, I, I'm just so excited and so... Um, well, I love that he's so supportive of her. He is a hundred percent. He's like, you know, if you, he told, he told his parents, if you don't a hundred percent back her and a hundred percent support gay marriage, then I'm not talking to you anymore. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So I'm like, you go, man, what a way to support your child. That is the best thing ever. And now that I know about it. Yeah, that is good. And you know, one of the things that he talks about in this book, which I completely agree about is that we treat boys and girls differently. Mm -hmm. And like if a boy wants to play with a Barbie, I'm just going to use that because he talks about having a Barbie. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we try to coax them away from it. Right. And, you know, like, and it just reminds me of when Tyler was, I can't remember how old they were. And all he wanted to be for Halloween was Hannah Montana. It's what he wanted Aww. to be. Hannah Montana. That's all he, he wanted to be. He was not that young when he did that. No, either. he was like, this was right it, it before was, his growth spurt. So he was, was like. junior high. Yeah. Like, and he dressed as Hannah Montana and. I bet he rocked it. The neighbors gave him so much shit. Yeah. I think that was the last time yeah. he ever did anything like that. Cause I think he caught shit about it. And he I did. actually caught shit about that, about because people you let him from people at work. Cause they're like, yeah. Oh, what's Tyler going to be for Halloween? You know, thinking a ninja football player, right. blah, blah. And I'm like, he's going to be Hannah Montana. They're like, what? And he was yeah. a great Hannah Montana. I bet too. he was. I did the like, let him in quotes. No, why one else not? Could see that. if he wants to dress, I mean, I know that he, you know, yeah. is a heterosexual he you know he's never yeah well but i don't think maybe was, but even, even if he was yeah, who cares yeah. if he wants to be hannah montana let him be hannah montana when yeah. he was four all he wanted or when he was like three all he wanted was a pink barbie jeep and i wanted to get him a pink barbie jeep but my husband wouldn't let me because i was still married at the time instead he bought him a red corvette i think my barbie had that red corvette so, <laughs> so see it's not too far off from the pink barbie jeep but yeah, i mean i think i have that red corvette you know what if you have a little boy who loves sports and wants a pink barbie jeep go for it let him have a pink barbie jeep what's it gonna hurt yep. it's not gonna hurt anything that's the answer and you know what people know when their kids are very small that this that is the direction it's going yeah in. Mm-hmm. he knew my really we, good friend from college like told his mom he was gay when he was like three and she was like okay yeah like, it, times are changing things are different now people don't behave in the ways that they did before thank heavens yeah, yeah. i'm glad you so, reviewed that book i've seen that book cover i was intrigued yeah. it's it's a really it's good i, need I like to read it. it i think i mean like like i said before i'm not quite done with it because this just came in two days ago yeah. and i was just finishing up another book so i only started it yesterday and i'm only um 
I'm, I'm like, almost done with it. I'm almost done with it. I'm more than I'm a little more than halfway done. So right now he's he's in college. He went to college in Duke at Duke. Oh wow, awesome! And Big he's school. talking about you know the football team and everything else. But um, yeah, Sweet. I like it. It's I'm excited to see where it goes from yeah. from college from college. Mm-hmm. But, Very cool. I mean, since this is the last week of Pride Week, I wanted to go ahead and review this, and this is his you know debut book. So I just I think that it's a good book. I think I think people should read this. Awesome. It explains a lot, and maybe people will quit trying to stereotype males and females in a specific way. Because I mean, I I'm sure all of us, as you know, women have come into this where. When you're a little girl, somebody, you know, a grandma or an aunt or whatever wants to get you a frilly dress and you're like, really? No, thanks. How the hell am I going to climb a tree in that? Yes. I I think I wear more frilly dressy things now as an adult because as a kid, I was like, I'm outside. Like, I don't want to be in a dress. It's like, listen, I can't wear those Mary Jane shoes when I'm crawling down the bank to go fishing. Exactly. Exactly. So don't pigeonhole us, damn it. Exactly. Let me be who I want to be, damn it. <laughs> and that was called Sissy, A Coming of Gender Story by Jacob Tobia. And it's good. Uh, I think it's good. I, I'm definitely going to read it. Not that I wouldn't have read it before, but I mean, it's now that I read. have this story in my family that I didn't quite know the details of. You can connect to the book in a different way now. Exactly. Right. Well, shoot, just being a mom of a teenage boy in the same time that this gentleman yeah. grew up, it you make connections because like I said, there were things that he talked about that made me think of my son, even though my son is, you know, heterosexual mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, like I said, he wanted to dress up like Hannah Montana and I was like, go for it if you want to. And he did Don't it. let anyone think anything or tell you otherwise. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Be yourself. Yes. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Miss Jessica, we haven't seen you in a while, you know, doing all your working at the bookstore now that they're open again. Teaching us stuff about Google and book covers and... Oh my gosh, that was so cool. Jessica put up a, um, she sent us a a video last night of something that some of the publishers are doing now with their book covers where you can, what is it? You put Google something, Google I? On your Google app, like, you know, if you can search with, you can like do a voice to, to talk thing, but you can also like click the little picture thing next mm-hmm. to it. Okay. And yeah. Hold it. And that's what pulls it up. So basically it's an interactive experience with the book cover from your phone. Yeah. And cool. it's only one publisher. I think it's Orbit and they only have like four books so far that they do it with, but it's really cool. Still a very cool idea. All right, Jessica, now you can tell us all about what you've been reading. Well, I am going to review this savage song by Victoria Schwab. Ooh, Victoria Schwab. Now, V.E. Schwab and Victoria Schwab are the same person, right? Same person. Okay. Yeah. She's just started writing as Victoria, I think, recently. Okay. Which she caught, like, I don't know if any of you guys follow her on Twitter. I follow her on everything because I think she's awesome but she caught a lot of shade for um she put out like a thread of tweets about all the things that she's had to go through as a female author and like guys being like like one of her friends she's like do you want to trade manuscripts and he's like oh you can proofread mine but pretty girls are made for pictures 
I did see that. What? Excuse yeah. me? Yep. I saw that. Yeah. That's it's, rude. The whole thread just made me angry. <laughs> yeah. I think For I saw her. it on our, our Twitter because we follow her and I think I saw it pop up on our tw- on our feed. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people were like, why are you calling out, you know, these people and we're being kind of crappy to her about like being frank with what she went through. And I was just like, stop making it harder on her. She already went through all these things and now y'all are being nasty. But anyways, so I'm going to review this Savage song because it's fantastic, which I've not read anything by her that I don't love. So there's that too. So in the world where this book takes place, which is Earth, kind of like post-Earth, instead of having states, we kind of have territories, and they're all renamed. And the main characters take place in Verity, where this anomaly has kind of happened, and these monsters have come to life. So they come to life when, like aggressive acts occur so there are three classes there are corsi maokai and sunai and the corsi are created by like violent acts that aren't lethal so like assaults and stuff like that so whenever like someone assaults someone they can create a corsi from their bad act and then like maokai are created by murder and then sunai are created by like mass tragedy events like school shootings or bombings and stuff like that and they have different powers. Like, Corsi are, like, the lowest class because they are created from, like, more minor Makes crimes. Sense. And so they, like, they can't come out in the light and they're, like, stuck underground. Maokai can, but certain things hurt them. Sunai are basically invincible and they look like people. And they play music and it draws the soul to the surface and they suck out people's souls. <gasps> so they're, like, Damn. they're, like, but- siren vampires, basically, kind of. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. But it makes like the... But the only ones that the Sunai can feed on are people who've created a monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they look human. So when this all started happening, the city split into two halves. And I th- I think it's really cool that she made it to where like your bad deeds come to life and are like an actual monster like the way that people who do things like that are monsters they make an actual monster which i thought was kind of unique and beautiful in its own way yeah but um the city kind of broke into two halves there are the flins on the south side of verity and they like formed up like a task force they fight the monsters at night they try to like they have the Sunai on their side and they try to like find the people who've created monsters and like get rid of them because they're obviously not good people so that more monsters aren't being created. And on the north side is ruled by uh, Callum Harker and he's like the big bad. He's got a Maokai that he created and he somehow controls the monster on that side of the city. So the people who live on the north side pay for the protection that he can afford because he controls a certain number of monsters that keep all the other monsters in check so you've got like a good versus evil kind of complex and the two main characters are august flynn and kate harker so the daughters of the two 
the daughter and the son, but he's actually a Sunai. And they kind of become unlikely friends when things start kind of going bad because when it first starts, they're in like a time of peace between the two sides. They have a truce, but things are getting really shaky. And then people like start coming after them. And it's kind of about how they're trying to fix what's broken and trying to understand each other. It's just really awesome. I don't want to say that much more about it because I'll ruin the whole It sounds really cool. It's really awesome, and I love it. There's actually two books. There's The Savage Song and Our Dark Duet. Mm. And I loved them. Well, I'm halfway through Our Dark Duet, but I, I just love the whole world and the whole premise of it. I think it's really cool and unique. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, that's... This Savage Song by Victoria Schwab, who is also fantastic as a person. There you go. <laughs> I have her. I have a couple of her books on my shelf that I have not gotten to on my TBR yet. But <clears throat> I have excited. read many of her books, and I agree. It was really good. They're teenagers, so it might be a little... Well, know. that's why I'm wondering, when I asked you Victoria Schwab versus V.E. Schwab, I'm kind of thinking that the Victoria Schwab books are the more young adult yes. books. And then the V.E. Schwab are the adult. But I don't know if that's accurate. We've talked about Vicious and Vengeful a couple of times. And then I'm on book two of The Darker Shade of Magic. The Darker Shade of Magic would definitely be my choice of the best ones I've read of hers so far. I really, really liked Mm -hmm. that series. In fact, that's one I would even read again. I'm loving it so far. Yeah, I would even read it again. I liked it. Well, I'm going to go with a historical fiction. Boy, we're just turning Uh everything on its head today. Uh, So I read The Deep by Ama Katsu. And I originally have heard about this book a couple of times. I was like, okay, I need to read this book. And I put it on hold in the library and it was like, 21 week hold. Holy Moses. That's a long wait. Yeah. And I was like, ow. (laughs) And I had actually like Instagrammed a picture of the hold and tagged the author and she's like well maybe your library will get another copy so i tagged the metro library and all of a sudden they had more copies so i finally got one (laughs) (laughs) so i was like yes um and what i love so i'm a sucker for all things titanic i have reviewed a historical fiction titanic book before it is not this one (laughs) i have to tell you something when you're done don't let me forget okay um so this book i would not call it's not ya i would just call it a fiction book And we meet our main character, Annie, and she is in a hospital post the sinking of the Titanic. She's basically in like a mental hospital, but she seems okay. Like you kind of get the feeling that she's in a mental hospital. Yes. Hmm. And it's post sinking. And, but you kind of get the feeling that she's staying there because she just doesn't want to deal with the world that she's like hiding from something maybe. Um, and so the doctor kindly is like, I'm going to need you to leave because we need the space for other people and you are fine. Please leave. So she meets up with a friend of hers and they become it's so it's world war one is the time frame we're in. And she has a friend who's written to her and is like, Hey, you should come be a nurse on the Britannic. That is the military is the two, the sister ship to Titanic in, in that real sinks too, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's the sister ship to in real life is the sister ship to Titanic in history. And it was used as a medical ship 
uh, during World War One. So she's like, okay, I guess. And so she goes and becomes a nurse and she talks kind of comparing the two ships because we find out that she was on the Titanic. And so it kind of goes from World War One, which is not that far. It's only like five years from the singing of the Titanic to World War One. So then we kind of go back in time to her boarding the Titanic. So there's, the stories are kind of running parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. So it bounces back and forth between Titanic and, and Britannic. So you find out why, how she ended up Yes, but I can't give too much away because it's really good. But so you follow her story and thing like weird things are happening. Like she feels really drawn to she's um she's a maid on the Titanic and she's really just drawn to uh, Mark Fletcher, who's a first class passenger and his wife and they have a baby daughter. And for whatever reason, she just feels really drawn to him. And she's like, I have to be with this family, even though they're not in my cabin, technically in my group of cabins. She gets reassigned to them. But weird stuff starts happening. So the servant boy to the Fletchers, no, the Astors, sorry, wrong family, the Astors, dies just randomly. And I don't know if that actually, I haven't heard that story, so that might just be part of the fiction. But the Astors were on the Titanic. Um, And so was Guggenheim. So Maddie Astor is convinced that there's evil spirits afloat, and that's why their servant boy he was like 13 died and they do a seance because that was like a thing at seances the time. were very popular yes back then. so benjamin guggenheim and madeline astor do their seance with a couple other the first class passengers and they're all convinced that there's some weird spirits and just weird shit just keeps happening and you're kind of just following the sailing of the ship and you kind of hear like oh yeah, we, uh, here's the new radio room. And they're walking you through the ship and talking about the gym. And there's, there's two boxers who are kind of con artists as a subplot. So you, they kind of, they don't really go in and steal anything, but they go into the rooms to learn about the people to be able to be like, oh, look, we're like psychic and we can make things happen and like tell you things about yourselves. And they're kind of con artists slash boxers. And their paths kind of cross because somebody thinks that Annie is stealing stuff from the cabins. Mm-hmm. Then there's more to it that I can't tell you because it'll give stuff away. But that's how the boxer and Annie kind of cross because the boxer's the ones in the room, but they're accusing Annie because she's no one knows the boxers are in the room. Like they would have no reason to be in first class rooms. Right. And so then we, we find Annie kind of running around on the night of the sinking, trying to like tell people to listen to the radio operator. Is this the Titanic? Yeah, on the Titanic. She, we're still on the Titanic. So she some, she's trying to send a message because she thinks she solved this thing. Um, and there's a whole lot more detail to it. But she's kind of running you through the sinking of the Titanic. Like she goes into the radio room and the radio operators are like, I don't have time to send your stupid message because all these first class passengers need their stupid message sent. I don't have time to read these ice warnings. Get out of my face. And she's like, what? What do you mean ice warnings? Like, shouldn't you tell the captain? And they're like, no, you go get out. And so it kind of follows her through the sinking and we find out a lot more about her and the last couple pages tell you how everything connects and it was awesome and like blew my mind. I was like, holy crap. Because it does that. It Obviously, well, it's not really a spoiler because you know she survived the sinking because she's on the Britannic. Um, but she's on the Britannic and you're just kind of like waiting for disaster because like, you know, history, you're like, what's going to happen? And mm-hmm. it's... It doesn't do exactly 
what you think it's going to do based on history. Like there's a little bit of like a supernatural feel to some of the stuff going on. And it's just, there's things about like kind of sirens, but not really sirens that are, they all believe in cause they're doing seances and they're like, the sirens are coming to us to tell us things. <laughs> but it was kind of fun to see the, the historical people. Oddly enough, Molly Brown, who I would have thought the unsinkable Molly Brown would have made an appearance. She does not. Hmm. Huh. But um, John Jacob Astor and Madeline Astor, which if you watch the movie, you see Madeline Astor in Titanic. Right. When Rose is introducing Jack to everybody in first class at dinner and mm-hmm. she comments on Madeline Astor being pregnant and there's like this whole conspiracy about like in a delicate way in a delicate way she uh-huh. she's like she's in a delicate way because they haven't been married long enough for like so you, you if you watch the movie and know any kind of little bit of tri- trivia about the history of the passenger of the Titanic as you're reading it you can see them and they talk about Captain Smith and they talk about um Ishmael or Ismay and Andrews, And so you're like, at some point you're literally just feel like you're hearing Rose being like, Mr. Andrews, there's not enough <laughs> lifeboats. And you're like, no shit. <laughs> like, so it was kind of a fun take. I really loved the twist. I really liked how all the storylines came together. Like, you know, how sometimes you get too many characters and the storyline just, there's like a loose end somewhere. And you're yeah. like, if I pull this, it's going to unravel. Like it never unravels. Like it That's all good. stays together and all connects back together. And it was so good. Even if I'd had to wait 21 weeks for it, I still would have loved it because it was that good. Wow. That's awesome. So it was, a, I was definitely a five star. That's high praise. I'm, and I listened to it on audio. So I might actually order it. I might like get the physical book because I would read it again just to be able to have the physical copy and see, Sweet. see it. So awesome. Awesome. Yes. There's a little supernatural fun to it too. So it's good times. And that was The Deep by Alma Katsu. Awesome. There was something else I was going to tell you about that book that you will like. Another reason why you should read it. Like when he was struggling in school with his identity, he got way big into the nerds and um, especially Gandalf the Grey because he said wizards were the closest things to uh, non, or non-gender reforming characters that he could. Conforming, non-gender conforming. Non-gender conforming. Is that right? Okay. I'm not good with the words. The words. I never know. (laughs) I'm helping. (laughs) That was right. So like he was cosplaying people? No. we interrupted your thought. He he would, um, he uh, just nerded out. Oh, okay. On, you know, dragons and wizards and. We've talked about that word. We can't say nerd anymore. We have to say geek. He geeked out on... Oh, I had to cut all that out of the podcast. We had a huge discussion about... I don't care if someone calls me a nerd. About nerds because I... I, The other day when... um, What's his name? The actor who played... Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins died. I was on the air that day. My foot's asleep. Hang on. (laughs) I wondered what kind of jig you were dancing over here. Anyways, she said something about uh, nerds being sad. Somebody sent her an email saying that he thought that she owed him an apology for calling him a nerd. Tell people to... He was offended by the fact that he was calling people who liked Lord of the Rings nerds. But she likes Lord of the Rings. And that's what I said. He said, that's a negative word. It's a horrible word. People oh, shouldn't call God. each other that. Blah, blah, blah. As a nerd, I don't care if you call me a nerd. Well, that's what I said. And he said, well, 
it's not your you don't matter because i matter basically so he's trying to mansplain to you why you yeah. can't call yourself a nerd yeah exactly. he did. oh fuck that dude male yeah. privilege damn him what i was going to tell you yes tell me about t- what were you gonna tell me Disney, I don't know if you've seen this yet, they have a documentary about the making of Titanic 20 years later, and he goes in because, you know, they hadn't found a lot of the wreckage yet when Titanic was made. They were just going off of facts that passengers had told them and, like, um, the looks of other um, ships and everything, and they went back and compared how he made the movie to what actually they could piece together. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> stop, so, stop nerding out about the damn Titanic. I, I can't help oh. it. So even and the what they discovered that even if all of the lifeboats had been on board that should have been on board, because, you know, they took half of them off so that they'd have more deck space. Yep. They still would not have got them in the water because Fast there enough. would not have been enough time. I did see that. And he even tested like the guy, like the guy that had to cut it to get yeah. the one down. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope. Couldn't do it. And yeah. he said more, they would have caused more clutter and more death because the, they would have been in the way. Right. It exactly. Was so good. I love Titanic. Love it. Cool. I learned something interesting about the Titanic. I was listening to a podcast about eyewitness testimony mm-hmm. stuff and how it's really unreliable. And it was like half the people on the Titanic couldn't agree whether or not the ship split in half. Yes. Because like, that's how unreliable yeah I <laughs> that one, it was like a big contention for a really long time until they actually found the ship yeah 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 because the ship is broken yeah. i mean you can't deny that it broke when if you half. look at like early paintings none of them have the ship cut in half right no, no so they like, don't yeah but uh there's so many there's so many cool things with the and Titanic. but in that documentary they talk about the people who they base the characters off of yes and he actually apologizes especially for to was Uh, it murdoch that mm, shot somebody murdoch shoots himself but he shoots one of the third class passengers too he shoots the. he said that he didn't even think about it when he was in movie mode and he had to make it dramatic and everything that he made murdoch this bad guy and then murdoch's you know family watched this and was a little taken back by the fact that they made him a bad guy and sh- you know because there's no proof that he shot anyone obviously or himself for that matter right they don't know exactly so um he kind of apologized to some of the families that yeah, he, he didn't think more about how the characters would be perceived yeah he he said he should have made it a um a nameless character right that, that committed suicide and not yeah. not murdoch somebody who was you know recorded as being on the ship I do like the, the Captain Smith death of in the movie because we don't know what happened to the captain. Right. He just disappeared. He went MIA. No one can account for where he went after a certain point in the day. Blah, bitty, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, for fuck's <laughs> sake. This is, at, really? we're not, listen, we're not talking about Twilight here. We're talking about real actual events. Uh, you should care about history. I could give you two should shits care. here. I, would, I just would love to actually know where the captain You're went. boring the shit out of me, okay? Well, they said that anyone who went down with the ship, that they, their bodies wouldn't have survived because the the pressure, the pressure and the the um, salt and stuff in the water would have dissolved even their bones. Yep. So they said that all that they saw was pairs of shoes, shoes where people had died. You do realize I can edit all this out <laughs> later, right? Yeah, we've got like fifteen minutes before we're supposed to get on with Rachel. Yeah. All right. All okay, right. okay. Can I do my review now? Yes. yes. Damn it. Go. <laughs> 
Rachel can wait a minute. <laughs> this is what happens when you put two Titanic history people in a room together. We get excited. Team Martha. I don't really care about the Titanic. <gasps> oh, I might have to. I'm, I might have to go back and watch it. Uh, I'm going to show you a video later. I found right, out. You guys can. You guys what did can you read, Martha? What did you read? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll quit talking. Okay. So this week I read Valentine by Elizabeth Wetmore. This was an extremely serious novel, but it was a debut author. And will I be buying a copy of this for my shelf? Yes, I will. It's a serious book and you liked it? <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm giving it five stars. I thought it was fantastic. One of the Friday, I think one of the Friday Night Girls recommended it, but I had already got in line at the library for it. I don't know why. It didn't really look like my usual fare, but I, for some reason, put it on hold. And I'm so glad I did. It was so good. Um, it starts out, it's in a small Texas town in 1976. And it starts out talking about teenagers. And they're all hanging around at the drive-in. And this young girl gets into a car with a guy. And then, yeah. So you know something bad's going to happen. You just know it. And um, the next big scene is there's a woman a pregnant woman in this house in in west texas and she sees this girl this 14 year old girl limping up to her front door and she her feet are just destroyed from walking across the scrub with no shoes on she's bloody she's half dressed She's completely just wrecked. Mm. And she basically doesn't say much. She just says, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. Can I call my mom? I need to call my mom. You know, she's, she's basically in shock. She's totally freaked out. So she gets her in the house. But before she can really do anything, she looks out and she sees this car coming. Oh, shit. So the mom, the pregnant mom, who she has a daughter in the house, too, gets a rifle and goes and stands out on the porch. Hey, this is Texas. I was yep. in damn straight Texas. And this good looking young man comes up to the porch and says, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen my girlfriend? You know, we were ha- having some fun as she wandered off. And she says, nope. And then he gets ugly and starts, you know, saying, I know she's here. Just give her to me. And he just starts getting horrible. Um, You think that something terrible is going to happen at this point because the inner monologue of the woman is, oh, shit, I don't think this thing is loaded. What am I going to do? What did I get myself into? She knows this kid and he is popular in town. Um, His family is popular, and she knows that this is going to go terribly, terribly wrong. She didn't tell her daughter to call the cops. So you're you're just waiting for something horrible to happen. Well, you're on the edge of your seat. Luckily, here come the cops. Mm, That's lucky. Yeah, but this 14 year old girl is Hispanic. 
And back in 1976 in West Texas, there wasn't a whole lot of respect. In fact, there probably still isn't a whole lot of respect for um, any non-white individuals. Um, basically, this becomes, they, they basically want to slap him on the wrist and let him go. I have and, no words for that. <laughs> and the, the, the woman, the pregnant woman who saw this whole thing is going to testify. She's like, you just can't, you can't get away with it. I'm going to testify. Well, of course, you know, they start trying to keep her from doing it. So the story is really about this woman standing up for this young girl. And of course, the entire town is talking about what a slut she is and what a horrible person she is. She's 14 years old. Oh, they're saying that about the girl? The girl. Oh. Hmm. It wouldn't be okay if it was about the other woman either, but like, ugh. Yeah, a 14-year-old girl. Oh, she's, a, you know, Mexican scum, you know, just horrible, horrible, Ugh. horrible stuff. And I'm angry. I'm so angry the whole time I'm reading the goddamn book. Plus the woman, the pregnant woman, her husband doesn't want her to get yeah, involved. No, not that. I can't believe you would put our family at risk. And she's like, screw you. She moves to town. She's you like, go, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. She's, she's a really, really strong woman. I, I loved so many things about this book. It just really felt like, even though it's a fiction book, it really felt real. Mm -hmm. And usually, you know, if you've got a story like that, that can really just, you know, punch you in the face with it, because it just makes you so angry the whole time. You know, just the horror yeah. that not only is, is stuff like this still happening, all over the place it's just a little quieter than it used to be but back then it was so in your face overt racism that was happening openly call them wetbacks and openly and i remember that kind of stuff happening when i was a kid yeah we didn't have uh, a very large migrant population of any kind but the ones we did have were mexican mm. farm workers and the people that I grew up around were horrible that way. They would say things like that. My sister had a recipe called wetback stew. Oh, Jesus. I have it in my freaking recipe. recipe we might thing. need to rename that. I know. And it, <laughs> it didn't really even register to me until they started using that word in here. Because I haven't heard that for years. Yeah, that's very old. Because I don't hang around with people like that anymore. You know, right. I grew up around you know it's just horrible it just pisses me off so bad and not only is this young woman vulnerable because she's a woman but she's vulnerable because her family they deport her mother so the 14 year old's basically here by herself yeah so oh, she shit. now she's there by herself with her uncle they're doing everything they can to keep their boy safe you know to keep him from ruining his life over you know it sounds like that fucking say, like, guy turner yes that's exactly who yeah. this reminded me of but in a, in a different context and in a different story it sounds like a fascinating book. it was so good you guys it was so good I, i'm yeah I, I it took me a while to get over being angry about it I just wanted to go punch somebody in the face so bad. That's really why you're angry. 
It is. No, I'm still angry about being turned into a vampire, but... Did angry. you know that the girl that Brock Turner raped has a, a memoir out? It's called Know My Name. Yes, I did see that when that came out. Because she was unnamed for a really long time. During the court case, wasn't she unnamed? Well, yeah, because you know, so. get her name dragged through the mud over this because of the position that she was found in. Yeah, but they mm-hmm. she because she, she even like did interviews about it and stuff when the book came yeah. out. That's impressive. Yeah. Women just have been treated so badly for so long, and just the casual. Uh, I don't know. Just. It, and it wasn't that long ago. I was in 1976. I was a young girl. I wasn't that much younger. So it's just, I don't know. It just made me so mad. <clears throat> anyway, Sounds it was an like excellent, a- excellent read um, and a debut novel. Highly recommend that if you would like to read a book about str- a, a strong woman standing up for injustice yeah and and against just something horrible happening yeah it's like doing the right thing even when it's not the easy thing yes yes perfectly thank you i'm i'm just rambling over here anyway it was called (laughs) anyway it was called valentine by elizabeth wetmore would you guys like to go back to talking about titanic (laughs) no it's okay we're done what'd she say what no (laughs) the memoir i wanted to say this for to say it oh yeah that know my name memoir the audio for it she she does the audio oh wow that's cool what's the author's name chanel miller that's it and she does the audio uh my friend kat's reading it at the from the bookstore and she played me a little excerpt from it and i was like how could you imagine having to go through that again through court go through it again writing a memoir and then go through it again recording the audio i just you gotta be so strong i i can't imagine anytime a woman comes forward she gets raked over the coals again yeah i kind of brought the room way down yeah that took a deep spiral (laughs) and you were drinks oh god i could use some trash can punch oh need some water trash can punch (laughs) sounds cowboy kool-aid out here Oh. Cowboy Kool-Aid. Okay, so we need some cowboy. So, see, you guys are fancy. Whenever I was a teenager drinking, we didn't have like a punch bowl where we just poured stuff in. We just drank it straight out of the bottle in a circle, standing in the woods. Well, yeah, we kind of did that too. Or at the river. True. Ours was in the Badlands. We drive our drive our cars out into the Badlands. I forget what we used to call and uh, SAE's punch. It wasn't trash can punch. Because nobody had house parties when we were young. No. Because well, small town. Yeah, because everybody can't do it in yeah, town. Yeah, everybody knew everybody, so you couldn't really get Plus away. Plus, it with was that. real convenient when he did it out in the middle of nowhere. Because if you had to throw up, you just you know threw up and you just left. <laughs> and you could always tell the next day where you were because you know the sagebrush had chunks in it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> gross! That's where the uh, the raccoons would be. <laughs> gross! Hey, look, somebody delivered a street pizza. Oh <laughs> god! <laughs> I think that's pepperoni right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gross, god! Gross, y'all! <laughs> All right, 
<laughs> I think Megan needs one of those. It's uh, recycling in its finest. Oh, nature's Valid. recycling. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs> I think like I think we need to make Megan one of those 2020 trash can drinks. Now. I would totally drink it. What are we going to call it? We got to name it something. Dumpster, Dumpster fire. fire. Dumpster fire, <laughs> twenty dumpster fire, twenty twenty. Because there's a dumpster dumpster fire, uh, twenty sixteen too. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Then we definitely need a dumpster fire twenty twenty. Yeah, I would drink it. It's probably pretty good. I, I think imagine. it's time to fire up the blender. All right, let's go do it. Let's do it. Cheers, everyone. And that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production. <laughs>